I'm Chad Rutherford. I'm Andy Kinnick. And I'm JJR Timas. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, the podcast where nobody has to die. Today, we're going to be talking about Undertale, which was a game that was developed by Toby Fox and released in 2015. Or, I guess as I worded it at the end of the last Pocket episode, what? Undertale! (laughs) You're such a luminary, Chad. I know. So, yeah, this is our second time sitting down to talk about Undertale, and the first time was many, many moons ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just lost to time. That was our tenth episode. It's entirely lost. Please do not find it. Uh, no, honestly, I think what Dan, who's also been on this podcast, if you haven't heard him mentioned before, uh, mentions Undertale as like one of his favorite episodes. So I think it's because he loves conflict and he likes it when I make my whiny voice. I think he loves hearing me mm. whine a lot considerably. That could be it. Just what I mostly remember. I kind of think of him as our like collective mom. Where I feel like he has to like it because he's our friend. Right. That's that's a good point. But he holds it up above other clearly better episodes. Mm-hmm. You really give Daniel too much credit in that regard. Mm. He would, and you're speaking personally, just tear me down as far <laughs> as he needed to to be correct uh, and, and informative about a subject. So That is true. But this is not really about Undertale. It's about us. Uh, so let's move on and talk about Undertale, the video game. Um, so Undertale is a role-playing game. And uh, on our last episode about it, I remember mentioning, like, I feel like 99.9999% of people who play through Undertale are going to probably get the neutral ending of Undertale. Then... After recording that episode sometime in the ensuing two years, I watched an advertisement for Undertale. I am, I'm backing down on that stance a bit. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of my uh, big takeaways from it was, like, I JJ told me about it and was like, don't look up anything. Right. So I didn't even read the Steam page, or I knew literally nothing about it. And I feel like if you go to the game... And you read the Steam page, and you just read that tagline, the RPG where no one has to die. Right. You're already going in with too much knowledge. Yep. Like, I feel like part of what makes the game so interesting and engaging is that slow realization that that is, like, kind of the goal, or Mm -hmm. one of the goals of the game. Yeah. I I would honestly make the argument that, like, that sort of, it makes it enjoyable on like a meta narrative level because it's it's interesting to go in and uh not expecting it to be sort of a different kind of game and treat it like a regular game in which case you end up in the situation that both andy and i found ourselves in i believe and you can correct me if i'm speaking for you here but like we both liked it when we finished it um but i think if you look at just the text by itself i think Knowing what it's like, I don't think the game itself doesn't care so much about that meta narrative. It has its own like meta textual like jokes and things that it does, and that's sort of what it's built up around. But it is not uh, about the 
experience of discovering that the game is different. I think they assume that you'll know that going in. Yeah, it doesn't talk down to you in any way. In, mm -hmm. in a very, very good way. In a sadly, a little bit rare way, uh, considering video games right now. Video games. Yeah, I definitely think it's factored in there, given that if it... it calls you out on it if you already know how it works mm -hmm. was both chad and i played it a second time recently on the switch mm -hmm. and if you dodge all the flower pellets at the beginning from flowey he he's like you know what's going on here don't you like you get special dialogue for it mm -hmm. so yeah it definitely is factored into the design of the whole thing i would also like to point out that i this is actually the third time that i've been through the game because the second time I attempted a true genocide run, and I'm just a flat baby, and I'm <laughs> unable to finish. Not emotionally, I would gladly kill every denizen of the underworld again and again, the underground, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just, like, legitimately was very hard. I did not have the patience to keep retrying certain battles, so. Why have we decided to come back and talk about this again? Uh, I think I suggested it, like... I don't remember who came up with the idea to like revisit games, but the first one that came to my mind when hearing about that was Undertale because as I said, I think we talked about this game like right as it was starting to get popular. Like we were kind of like we weren't ahead of the curve, but we were riding it. Yeah. Um and I yeah, I went in knowing nothing cuz JJ made sure that I did not and I played through it so totally blind. And I, I remember, because we were living at Winsley, mm -hmm. you and Janelle had both gone home for the weekend, so I was just, like, by myself in the living room. I fired it up at, like, 6 p.m. and, like, played it straight through in one sitting to, like, 2. And I felt like I had, like, a really optimal experience with it. Like, I really enjoyed it. And I expected to like it more than the both of you. And then we talked about it, and you both firmly liked it more than me <laughs> i remember and i was really surprised by that because i felt like it felt like really weird and really niche to me and then seeing the response of like how many people like fucking love this game and talk about it like it's a masterpiece is really like been a weird experience for me given like my personal experience with it including me which is important context for this i am 100 percent in on the this is a masterpiece camp that like overtook the internet in a very kind of annoying twee way in the early starts of 2017 and dialed back a little bit into its game status now where i feel like it's at the optimal amount of cultural attention but Matt Pat gave a copy of it to the Pope. We can't I forgot just ignore all about that. that. <laughs> Jesus. I haven't thought about Matt Pat in like two years. Yeah, let's continue not thinking about Matt Pat. I honestly don't know who he is, but in, in the abstract, I do support the decision to send Undertale to the Pope. Not even ironically. Really think if <laughs> I was going to send a game to the Pope, that would be the game I would select. Didn't he meet him in person? Wait, sorry, who are we talking to? Matt Pat, Me? the Pope. The Pope, yes. Matt <laughs> Didn't Matt Pat meet you in person? <laughs> I thought you. I thought legitimately, legitimately. I thought you were asking me if I met Matt. If, yeah, if I had met him, and I was like, no, I don't know when I would have. But anyway, have I'm you met the Pope, that. Chad? I have met the Pope though. He's a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you did. So you did join the like internet cult of this is a masterpiece and. Mm -hmm. 
the the fact that you bring up bring it up as being like kind of a a twee wave of of love for this game mm-hmm. is appropriate, but. Like I, I genuinely think, and I'm not saying this because we host a podcast about games and it would destroy our reputation uh-huh. if I lumped you in with with everyone whose YouTube username is Sans Undertale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you have a more justified reason behind it. I still put the game sort of like solid. Like I would give this game probably like an eight out of ten if I was being. Uh, IGN.com. <laughs> that is coincidentally exactly what Toby Fox would put the game at. Uh, he, he Have you ever seen both of us in the same room? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. I've never seen Toby Fox in any room, That's in fact. True. Yeah, he might not even be real. <laughs> he might. Or he could be me. Those Who are knows? your two options. Yeah, those are the only two options. I think technically if he's you, he isn't real. Though I, that's kind of a weird. That's yeah, I see what you're getting at with that. Yeah, but anyway, this is the meta podcast content. <laughs> we were talking about it, me you being. Said a, would give it eight out of ten. Yeah. IGN.com. Me being the a last serious uh, thing yeah. that was said. Uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, because of that, because like I, I find this game to be like very good, but not like this is not in my top ten list of games. Um, I feel like. Given the amount of time since Undertale's release, I have absolutely solidified its position in my life as my favorite game. And I want to do the best thing, the fun thing, which is, of course, to sell you guys on the prospect that Undertale is the best game ever made by anyone, by humans. So you're saying, like, for presidential election, game (laughs) president, (laughs) 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. Undertale, I don't know who Undertale's vice president would be, like Earthbound. <laughs> Earthbound, yeah. Yeah, Earthbound yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, well then, go for it. Let's do it. You have the floor. Thank you. Okay. I feel like I want to go back to the source here. Because re-listening to your initial takes, one thing that really stood out to me really strongly is how much you both, at least initially, you can speak to your defense now, just completely missed the point of the game intentionally, almost well, like well, like flagrantly, uh, in, in a lot of your initial playthroughs. Really, uh, this this is yeah, this is the approach I'm taking. Is instead of mm-hmm. convincing you, I'm going to just tear you down completely. Sure, make sure you have no self esteem. I felt like in in the original Undertale episode, I feel like it wasn't that I didn't get the point. It's that I kept having to argue against things that I disagreed with, so much so that I never got around to saying what I actually thought about the game. Then say it. Well, it's like, this would, I would have to rehash an entire conversation with them because we talked about... It, we, we had this like whole like 20-minute segment about like if people who had never played games would like this game or all of that shit. And, like, but the things that I were like... That I kept trying to get across was just like it has metatextual jokes in it, and it just became this whole argument about like I don't think people would understand shopkeepers. I don't know if people would like it was nonsense. <laughs> all right, then fuck that. Fuck all of this, Chad. Yeah. Why do you think this game is an eight out of ten specifically? The reason I think this game is an eight out of ten is mostly because like I don't engage with it on a mechanical level in the way that I would like. I feel like the game... Also, having replayed it recently, I feel like the narrative is very, very straightforward in sort of... And 
it's weird. It's it's hard to judge because I feel like the the true ending, the one that is like the desired outcome of playing through Undertale, mm-hmm. is the true pacifist ending, which includes like extra content that in- adds this stuff that muddies the water of the plot of the like main game things like the amalgamations and uh the i mean i don't think that any of the like weird glitchy stuff is 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 considered to be like part of the game's narrative but it's stuff that you access through the same methods i guess same window yeah Yeah. which i i I choose kind of to ignore for the most part i i do appreciate they give a little bit of characterization to the alphas character who otherwise falls flat but there are just stretches of this game that i don't really enjoy playing and if those weren't there maybe this would be a little bit higher up then the game would probably become too short to even really build the the relationship that you want to have with it by the end mm-hmm. i don't know i i'm not sure but that that's really it it's mostly a mechanical failing okay i do agree that this game really strongly doesn't hold up to multiple playthroughs of the same route uh just because a lot of the actual meat of the moment to moment gameplay outside of boss battles is you trying to learn things about the random encounters and figure out how to overcome them like socially, functionally. Mm-hmm. But once you already know that, the, the puzzle is solved, right? You're just given the same Rubik's Cube every time you go through. Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I echo a lot of what uh, Chad said. I, I, don't, I actually like the mechanics set quite a bit. Like, yeah, maybe it doesn't challenge me as much as I might like, but I'm kind of okay with that. Because it's not really kind of what I'm expecting to get out of the game. But, um, yeah, I feel like this game's got, like, some pacing issues. Like, it's really great the first playthrough. Like, it kind of, you're, like, you kind of live in that little world, and it's, like, only a six-hour game, and it's a pleasant experience that's very engrossing, like, a first time. But then, if you, if you get a neutral ending the first time, which you probably will... Then you have to basically just play the game again a second time and get some new stuff at the end, which I view as kind of a problem. Or if you do the genocide run, that uh, you get a lot of cool meta stuff, but that's, I feel like, the most boring version of the game, where you're just kind of, like, killing everything. Like, Mm -hmm. in terms of just, like, the actual game part and it gets different at the end but it's specifically designed to be boring at least in some aspects right because like a lot of your time is spent just holding the up key against a wall in order to get steps to get random encounters because it's not supposed to be something that's fun and enjoyable to do mm-hmm. right uh, but it does have like the mechanical challenge but i do want to just as an addendum before we go back into it add that like the parts of the mechanic set that I don't like are stemmed almost entirely from the fact that this game was made in Game Maker in the style that it, it is. Because I think that the way that the RPG systems work out, with the exception of the true pacifist run where you're not really engaging with like the golf game timing minigame, for the most part are exactly the, the same with the, the bullet hell elements. And I really like that implementation. I think that is great, and I enjoy that, and I engage with that. And as I've shown... It's impossible to beat things in the genocide run. So it isn't the challenge that I really like took issue with, because when they challenged me, I crumpled like a wet paper bag. (laughs) (laughs) I really do love the base mechanical implementation of this game. I feel like it it manages to, to find a fusion 
that takes the best things from turn-based combat and action RPG combat mm -hmm. and puts it in a framework that they get to subvert later. And that as I get older, I'm finding that increasingly to be the difference between good games and great games from my experience. It's games that build up their own walls, metaphorically speaking, what you think to be the limits of the game, and then blowing that out of the water repeatedly and expanding the size of the room over and over again. Because, I mean, you can have a fantastic engaging mechanic set, and obviously, like, shmups are a you know a proven track record. It is hard, even on the normal playthroughs, like, it was really tense going into the last two final bosses of that game for me to be able to get through, and I lost several, several times on the Flowey fight. But it has, in Undertale's case specifically, you get that tension and that active control in the defensive sections, and you get pacing breaks in times when the game wants you to have a pacing break. So for random encounters, like you'll have just short bursts of you having to dodge and actually you know, do the difficult thing. And then you get kind of like a little snippet of like humor or jokes or character information and a time to breathe. But when the game wants to take that time away from you, it does. And because the game initially shows you the play field, it's just this tiny square in the center of the screen surrounded mm -hmm. by art. It literally gives you like most of the screen to keep expanding outward in terms of spectacle as the game goes on. And the spectacle does get crazy. Even I think that it gets, it gets like too crazy by the two pacifist ending i actually prefer the neutral ending to the final ending like narratively speaking i think it makes a much better point especially if you keep flowery is just kind of his own ingrained antagonist um but i say my favorite thing that they do in terms of like subverting uh, subverting the way the um the combat system works is in the sands fight the very end where you have to move the box yeah all the way down to the fight button. Like, mm -hmm. that's the cherry on top for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this game does shit like that constantly. It removes the box entirely once you get into the Photoshop flowy fight. I mean, we could list all day the number of, like, stupid subversions in mechanics or in narrative that the game keeps trying yeah. to and do. And also, Asgore breaking the mercy button is also a good moment. Yes. And that, I feel like, is what I'm normally looking for to elevate a game that is just funny, just pretty, just fun to listen to from something that is memorable because it creates a moment of shock that honestly, most games narratives aren't really able to give me. Like I'm not in this game for the reasons that a lot of, for a lot of the publicized reasons that people say, I'm not like, oh God, I fucking love Sans. Isn't Sans so cool? Uh, I don't- He is. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the characters aren't bad by any means. I, I agree with everyone that, that Alphys is the one that, like, falls flat comparatively of all of them. And I do think a lot of the characters in the specific jokes are, like, definitely endearing, definitely funny enough to, like, form a kind of connection that is, generally speaking, not present in a lot of these kind of narrative attempts. But it's not, like, the story of Undertale is what I'm, is what I'm there for. It's the way that Undertale plays with the player that I'm there for. And that is just not an experience I've ever gotten anywhere else. And I doubt I'm going to get it anywhere else for a very, very long time. Like, honestly, one of the saddest things about replaying this game for me wasn't just knowing that I would never get back the pure innocence of my pre-Undertale <laughs> days, but that I was playing it on a Switch screen and not on the computer, mm -hmm. where uh, they weren't able to implement the really subversive shit 
that you do from working on with a PC. Like the, the the game automatically closing, messing around with aspect ratios and shit, all the stuff that you do when the game really wants to get in your face. Uh, it does make it a lot more of a... It makes it a much smoother experience overall, um, which I think is probably what, like, what it was designed for in like on the console ports but yeah i agree like some of the stuff that it can do there are lots of games on pc that i would like that just couldn't work on console because they can't fuck with your file system or anything like right. even outside of files like presentation wise the fact that this game on pc opens not in full screen is such a genius fucking decision to me because it contextualizes it makes itself seem initially more like the tiny Game Boy game that it wants you to assume that it is. Mm -hmm. It starts with like just the opening crawl that honestly gives me like Fire Emblem for the Game Boy Advance flashbacks for their little opening crawl thing uh, about like legends and lore and stereotypical myths on this tiny little pixelated screen that's in front of you. Right. And then you have to figure out how to expand it and you have to figure out how to engage with it. It makes it seem like more of the secret lost thing that it was in 2016 before it like took over the world. Yeah, I I I'm not going to like sit here and tell you that everything you just said is wrong or anything cuz I agree with most of it. Like that's a lot of why I like the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um is like all that unique stuff that it does. And I think I've said multiple times just re- like recently even that like as I get older you genuinely unique and unexpected experiences are what endear me to games a lot. But there's something about like Undertale I think is great on its first playthrough, but then once you kind of like seen the man behind the curtain, it falls down a bit. Like the true pacifist run wasn't as satisfying for me as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like that first playthrough is really what I think of when I think Undertale, when I didn't know what was going on. Agreed. And that that kind of takes a little away from it for me. Um, which is probably why I would also give it an 8 out of 10, IGN.com. No, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I just think that, man, it like I, this is, once again, I think I feel like I've been put into a position where I have to, like, dunk on this when I don't want to. <laughs> then don't dunk. I, I would rather you take the time to just express the game t- to your limits where you think it hits for you and what you think it does well. Because the kind of shit that you care about is so goddamn different than the kind of shit that I care about. Yeah, 100%. It's like, I guess my main, my main hang-up here is that I don't disagree that I like things that sort of, like, go outside the context of, uh, of what a, a game typically does, and whether that's visually, tonally, or through its, like, its... Uh, its use of save systems and uh, terminology and shit like that. That Undertale all does pretty well. It just like, I guess it just doesn't impress me in a way that I could potentially be impressed. Like there are games that have done similar things. The one that I've talked about, uh, like literally a year ago that left messages on my desktop that does a similar thing. And, uh, but like that unnerved me in a way that Undertale just is incapable of doing. Um, I overall prefer the tone of Undertale. I think that it's, it's very good. Uh, and the way that they implement the dialogue, uh, into both your, like having a chat with a guy and also into the combat system makes it unique in that way. And in a way that, it encourages you, I guess, to engage more in like 
actual characterization it makes you want to even if you don't engage with the enemies that you're sort of like solving the puzzle of how to you know beat them peacefully you still come out of it and go like man this game is just like all about talking to people and like whether you're thinking about it or not subconsciously that's going to make you want to interact with the npcs and like the main characters a lot more Mm -hmm. than you would in a lot of other games my thing is, I feel like you're at, at the very least a little bit in luck that I'm. I don't think that it's going to be long before you experience something else that is Undertale esque. Like these types of games, like we we saw Undertale become really huge, and I think that people are taking uh, cues from that, and not just like uh, like Lisa, right? Which is another Earthbound inspired RPG that goes in like the tangential opposite direction that Undertale did uh, with the same sort of formula. But even, like, games that like to share a tone with Undertale or like to do the same sort of meta things, like just last year... Doki Club? Yeah, Yeah. DDLC exploded last year. uh, And we played it, and, you know, it's fine. Like, we obviously didn't do, like, an episode on it. Like, it didn't leave that much of an impression on us, necessarily. But I think that those are steps in the right direction. This is just one of those, like, we have an exemplary game using all of these things and i think that it's going to become more and more normal as time goes on yeah and playing uh undertale it really like kind of scratched an itch that it was always kind of there but never i never really expected to be scratched uh because i remember always like playing pokemon and i don't know why it's always really stood out in pokemon and it always has for me where i'd beat the game and the way it starts you over in your house makes it seem like you beating the Elite Four is canon, but then the game never acknowledges it, right? You <laughs> right. can go back and fight them a million times, it'll play out the same way. For some reason, that's... I mean, lots of games do that kind of thing, but it always really stood out to me there, and it always made me think, like, I well, it would be cool if, like, the game would actually, like, acknowledge what I'd do in it. And I think that's a feeling that, like, everyone's had, and that Undertale it feels like it's one of the first games to like really deliver on that idea. It's in my mind one of the reasons it was able to go so far with delivering on it is because the game was immediately like like moment one willing to concede that a fail state in a video game doesn't have to be a stop in progression, like. I remember one thing that you guys talked about in the last episode as well was how after the early game where all of us, everyone present, killed something while we were trying to understand the mechanics and get ourselves built forward right. is that there was, like, regret that we couldn't take that back, that we couldn't do something to, like, get forgive, get some kind of forgiveness to what we had done. But I feel like part of the point of Undertale, a hard lesson though it may be, is that the fail state of Undertale didn't stop you from continuing to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like the fail state of Undertale was that point. It was the murder. And you internally have to recognize that from the mes- from the messages that the game is trying to tell you. And most of the rest of the runtime of any playthrough that you are with with Undertale where you kill something is the game telling you that that was bad. Like it's not a waste of your time either in the same way that like say being behind in like an RTS or something would be where you know that you can't win, but you can still play out the simulation. It's not like that because the remainder of the time you have with the game, even after hitting that fail state is still 
incredibly valuable. Like not just because of like the like the base, like, oh I'm dodging around bullets in a video game, all these jokes are funny, but the game is like actually trying to like teach you something about its message and the way that it feels about nonviolence and having faith in other human beings in the world. Like it was a game that was still fun after you've lost it, and it was a game that still had something to say after you lost it. So you can come back, try and beat it again. Yeah, that's becoming more and more popular as well. Like I think I'm sure there's games that did it before, but the obvious recent touchstone is Demon Souls that like popularized the let's contextualize death and mm-hmm. make it part of like the struggle of the character and part of the narrative and tone and stuff. And yeah, that kind of thing is becoming more and more popular as well. I feel like we've now gone like three or four skips away from where uh, this comment would have been appropriate to insert. Uh-huh. But I do at least want to call out that while Undertale definitely does have a uh, end game that is like that acknowledges and, and it goes a few steps further because it acknowledges even like the time that you've spent not in the game so to speak and like (laughs) if you quit the game or if you come back knowing what's going on like it it basically is like oh you've played undertale before like you get to do this shit now uh you may have felt like that when you played pokemon when you finished the game and went back and nobody said anything Mm -hmm. but like really the root of this in undertale is earthbound because earthbound has exact you can go talk to every single npc in the whole game and they'll give an update on what they're doing so i i just don't want to like unfairly be like undertale basically invented npcs having different dialogue well that's not what i was trying to say yeah i'm being hyperbolic but and i didn't even specifically mean the game acknowledging you beating it but just like responding to like legitimately responding to the choices you make Mm -hmm. and like the fact that uh you can go to like any different room and call papyrus and it'll make a comment on it like that level of like attention to detail is something that like i feel like i always wanted Mm -hmm. and that undertale kind of delivers on it's such, even outside of the game, like it's such like a, a hopeful story to some extent, right? Like this is something that provided on exactly what you wanted on a narrative level within the constraints of super indie development where most of the things that you were looking for could be iterated on with just enough text and time and they went far enough to provide that and it was fucking, it exploded everything. It was all over the place, right? Like we don't hear stories about that often. The kind of indie games that normally succeed are the kind of indie games that become darlings with big publishers and manage to get some amount of E3 coverage, right? Like they're included in press reels because rightfully or or otherwise, big publishers want to make believe that they are being open to that kind of marketplace after the 360 era. But like Undertale wasn't even that. Undertale was just like a thing on a PC that some guy who hung around a bunch of like earthbound uh, like fan mod communities put out into the world and it kept going further. And that's a cool story. Yeah, no, I agree. And like through for about like a quarter of the thing that you were saying there, I was like trying to deter- like I was like the story of Undertale, not the story of the making of Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> so like I just like blacked out for a good like <laughs> five seconds there. So I was like, oh wait, this is a different thing that I need to respond to instead. I'm very sorry, Chad. Uh, that is it is cool, and I assume that it did well enough. This is not even something that I need to assume. It just factually no, did. He's a millionaire. Well. Yeah. Uh, because it's been three years without really anything from the guy. 
uh, until recently. Yeah. So until Delta Run. Right. Which is unfortunately a game I'm gonna have to wait so long for more of because he wanted it to be in color. Damn it, I don't care about color. Yeah, no, I don't really care about color either. And it also seems like... I'm a big fan of color. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's also something that we're going to be talking about more in depth later. (laughs) Do we have final thoughts? Uh, I guess I'll go first. You saying earlier that you didn't want to dunk on the game made me remember what I was going to say that I forgot earlier was that I think depending on who you are, like whether or not you really like that kind of meta commentary uh, is going to determine like how much this game really sticks with you. Because I feel like that's a thing that you, JJ, would be really into, cause also given the fact that like you like the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya so much because you're like, really appreciate like the satire or and like i'm not ever been a fan of like deadpool because i'm not a huge fan of like fourth wall breaking but mm-hmm. like if you're into those kinds of things i think undertale is going to land better with you um which might be why it's jj's favorite game of all time because he tends to like that kind of stuff i do but i like them mostly when they have a point you bringing up melancholy is almost kind of like, I wouldn't say personal embarrassment. It's always been a touch of a guilty pleasure for me. But that's a great example of something that's trying to be meta in that way without that strong of a point in being meta. That show has other things it wants to say, but when it goes meta, it's doing that mostly for the joke. And Undertale does it for the joke very often, but it does it primarily to say something about you, the player, and the way you've historically engaged with games of this type over time. Like And it really earned that meta-ness in a way that a lot of games that try to be meta, in my experience, can kind of get rocky with. Um, like even something that as, as critically loved as like Spec Ops got, gets into trouble when people are like, ah, you kind of forced us to do that at that one point. Like it, it's really hard to iterate on that kind of direct player commentary well, and it's really easy for it to break and fall apart. But I honestly never think it does in Undertale. Like, it has its message. It isn't trying to tell you to, like, keep replaying the game over and over again. It, it stays for as long as it needs to stay and has impacted my life forever. All right. But anyway, to my actual final thoughts. Um, Man, did I thought, <laughs> think that was going to somehow go to me after that? <laughs> me too, actually. Uh, for me... I very much enjoy this game, uh, and I felt like I came off too negative on it on the original episode because I was so taken aback by how much you guys liked it and then in turn how much the world seemed to like it. (laughs) Uh, And the game will always kind of have that, like, uh, attached to it for me. Like, not necessarily negative or positive, but just weird always makes me think about that. But, uh, yeah, this game is... I mean, it's great if you haven't played it and you listen to this. What? Why did you do that? I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sucks to be you. You'll never get to experience Undertale. I feel like we spoiled <laughs> literally nothing in this episode. You be the judge, listener. Tell us how much we well, ruined for you. Yeah, I think that reading one sentence on the Steam page ruins the game for you. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, so... I mean, yeah, it's great. And we've talked about that at length at this point, And I guess I'll leave it at that. Uh, I don't think that I could, like, possibly have a final thoughts on Undertale that follows sort of, like, the 
overall tone of what of what we're trying to get across here. Like, I agree with everything that we said about it in like broad strokes, but I I don't I don't know. I guess I'm am probably one of the people that Undertale didn't land in its intended way. For me, Undertale is just a six-hour, very enjoyable experience, and like the none of the meta text or anything really puts it above and beyond, at least in my opinion. So a lot of my positivity on this game comes from just how like genuinely interesting and unique and well made the game overall is. And then sometimes you have to like play the hot land part of the game, and then that part kind of sucks. That is a weak point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Aside from that, I think that, uh, all right, you've convinced me, 8.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Uh, next time, as I'm sure whatever branding we put on this episode is going to make clear, uh, we're going to be talking about episode one of Deltarune. My invasion of pocket continues. Yes. Uh, and then there will be a long break where we do lots of stuff that won't involve JJ, and everyone will be happy about it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, potentially the next pocket slot episode before the Delta Green episode, in case that's what we meant by next time, but who knows, because we don't even know, could be... Andy attempts to explain to me what happens in Kingdom Hearts up until <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. You didn't tell me this plan. Uh, we just had it recently. Oh, yeah, you had re-recorded? it as if it was a child. <laughs> Birthed smiling into the world. Birthed by sleep, smiling yes. into the world. See you guys later. Wait, hold on. Uh, it was but 358 over two, two days. days ago. It was it was two days. That ago. it was birthed by sleep into this world. Recoded. <laughs> Key. <laughs> uh until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on NoClipPodcast.com. Uh, there you can find all of our old episodes, links to our YouTube. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play. Please, please, please give us a review. It gives a huge help. Gives a huge help. I'm trying to talk too fast. Uh, that is what I have. Now I think we've been going too long. All right. All right. Smash that like button, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. We can't. That's not even our joke, man. Like that's that's just a thing. Why are you so fucking sad today?